Is the moon a ghost of a planet? If so, why didn't Neil Armstrong float right through it? Answers to these questions and more on this episode of This Paranormal Life! Ayo! Welcome back to the podcast. That's right, you're listening to This Paranormal Life, the podcast where every week we dissect a different paranormal tale, place, or came and... What? Pretty early to misspeak there, Kit. (laughs) You know what? I'm going to host this week, because you clearly can't handle it. You f***ed it up. No, now it's my turn to demand Let's Let's how the professional does it, all right? Well, so every week, welcome to the podcast. We investigate a brand new paranormal case claim. So we're, it's not Sorry. just me, we're both of us are getting... Okay. I can do it. Every week we... In, in, I can't even say the first one. Every week we investigate a brand new paranormal case claim... Because at least I'm like honest that I it's don't know what happens. It's hot in here, right? You're, you think it's Not hot really. as well? I'm wearing a scarf. I'll tell you that right now. It's November. Uh, um, Bigfoot. He's one of them. Uh, yeah, people know that. That was episode one, I think. You got to take over, man. Come Welcome over. back to this Paranormal Life, the podcast where every week we dissect a different paranormal tale, case, or claim, claim. and nice. get to the bottom of whether it is true or whether it is false. <laughs> As always, I am your host, professional paranormal investigator, Mr. Kit Greer, joined by my co-host and also professional paranormal investigator, Mr. Rory Powers. Happy to be here. Great. As always. Awesome. I think we dilly-dallied a little at the top there. We don't dilly-dally at all. Do you think I would spend one minute of this podcast talking about that car accident my cousin was in? Really? Recently? Yeah. That happened like two seconds before we started. I airplane really? mode that bad boy. They're probably trying to get me right now. Oh my god! Yeah, because you're his emergency contact. So yeah, the only I I I was adamant that I was the only one. And then the moment that they're injured, you turned off your phone. He shouldn't have called during podcast hour. I said, "Look, you get one contact. You pick me, or you you're dead to me." Mm. And he might be now. I yeah, don't know. He might be. That's right. Yo, we brothers. Oh, we brothers. Make me your emergency contact, you bitch. Hard cut to the, the emergency services calling you. Nah, never heard of him. <laughs> he's a rat and he's a coward and he was dumb enough to pick me as his emergency contact. I'm sure he's fine. We should just do the podcast. I guess the faster we get through the podcast, the faster you can, you know, call the ambulance and see where he is. Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> you don't sound like you're going to follow through. I'm not going to do that. Okay. <laughs> It's 1973, June 25th to be exact, and a car pulls up on the riverside in Murfreesboro, Illinois. Inside, the lovers, Randy Randy Needham and Judy Prudy Johnson. Are these names you've given them? Uh, Just the, the nicknames, yeah. Okay. That's right, there's some college kids getting frisky down by the riverside, which by the way, is illegal. And these kids are criminals for doing it. So right off the bat, I don't even care what happens to these two little demons. I didn't know it was illegal. You can't just make out in public. I think you can. Well, it's it. maybe you can, but it's wrong at least. What base is illegal in public? Second, right? Wait, what's first base? I don't know what the base is. What's a touchdown? <laughs> I think that's like body slamming someone through a table. What's it called in baseball when you like just like tap the ball? A bunt? A bunt? What's bunting? A bunt is when your credit card bounces right before you leave the restaurant. (laughs) And you sneak out the bathroom window to an Uber XL. While she pays. (laughs) That's bunting. To an Uber XL. Why why so much space? For the shame. You want to feel like a king for one goddamn second. (laughs) And then on on the ride home, you you request to share the ride with her. 
<laughs> just split the bill. But it doesn't work because your card bounces again. <laughs> so I, I might have exaggerated. I don't. Maybe it's not illegal to to like just kiss in pub, but it's like bad and wrong. Right. But yeah, people do this. So when when two people love each other very much, you know, they marry, they have kids. But when two teens barely know each other and haven't moved out of their parents' house yet, they make out in cars. They f- bunnies. <laughs> places the technical term. that normally only serial killers would ever hang out in so they're in the car and the clock hits midnight dong they've got the radio on the smooth sounds of 1973 are playing they're looking over big muddy river when out of nowhere in the black of night they hear a shriek oh god it was piercing they said it sounded like quote an eagle shrieking into a microphone Randy turns off the radio to focus, trying to see where this could have come from. But silence, just crickets. Until... This time the bushes near the car were moving. Randy Randy and Prudy Judy looked on in horror. It was huge, unbelievable, horrifying. Randy immediately stood on the accelerator, reversing out of there. He swung around, hearing a shriek behind him, and he shot out of the riverside. They headed straight for the Murfreesboro Police Station, where apparently you were able to fill out an unknown creature report, which I'd never heard of up to now. That's actually quite comforting, because it seems like you're going to a place that has had to deal with a strange creature so many times that they have a... F- they, they're like, it's quicker to just build a form. <laughs> they're like, ah, uh, yeah, the P1. Yeah. That sounds like a pretty common form. <laughs> oh, it is. You got people coming in every weekend being like, oh, I saw the Chupacabra, I saw mm. Bigfoot, I saw Sasquatch. Snort, it's like, we need, we need a new line. We need a new line for this. I'll be sheriff of the town, you be sheriff of the mystique. <laughs> All right? This was probably extremely important in, you know, like 2000 BC. Yeah. When no one knew any animals yet. Kind of everything was an unknown creature form. They said it was bigger than a gorilla. Eight foot tall, covered in white hair, except completely matted and caked in mud. It came at them on two legs. Rory, what are you thinking right off the bat? Well, this is actually pretty crazy because I know that we haven't talked about it on the podcast before and I know we're really pressed for time, but I should bring up just because you said it was a gorilla type creature. Oh, the time that I was down in Dublin oh. as a child. And remember I said it was this like- sounds like- This sounds like quite important. Like why wouldn't we have this is, have come up previously? I've actually, believe it or not, I've tried to bring it up on a couple uh, a couple different occasions. That really doesn't sound right. I, I think if, if it was that good, I feel like I would have been all ears. Well, I mean, it was me, it was my brother. There was a whole bunch of us saw, saw it mm-hmm. at the park. Genuinely, first paranormal experience. It was this small creature. Wait, oh, this- Oh, yeah, the park story. Now, nah, let's move on. I don't think we have time. It sounded like it was... It's, it just sounded like you were into it for a second. Yeah, no. Nah, it just seems it, weird it, to have just, a paranormal podcast and not mention the one paranormal thing that's happened. It just clicked to me that it was... The, like, a, a park in Dublin, like, do you know how many people live there? It's not just not very realistic. Not many cryptids. There's not many cryptids in Dublin. Because I wasn't even the only one that saw it. That was the amazing Shut thing. Shut the f*** up! Fine. I'm re- I'm trying to be, 
you know, nice about it. I just want a good night's sleep, you know, and I feel like if I told someone, it would get it off my chest. But sorry, what is this about? Some sort of eagle? Yeah, you can get used to those big f-ing bags under your eyes because... Don't bring up the bags, right? Because that's, that's too close to home, Mulvena. So the Murfreesboro police chief, Ron Manwaring, felt that although this sounded fantastical, he felt the kids were truly scared. What's more, what they were doing was illegal and morally bad. You know, canoodling in the car. Right. Ron felt that if they were willing to put their reputation on the line like that, if Randy was willing to risk an ass-kicking by Judy's dad and say, hey, we're canoodling in the car and this is what we saw, then it must be true. I'll be clear, that's actually the police chief's shitty logic. That's not my... That's terrible logic. Because yeah. <laughs> I doubt Randy is going to go to Judy's dad and be like, so I was banging your daughter and out of the corner of my eye... <laughs> He's probably going to gloss over a lot <laughs> The dad of- is an eight-foot-tall white beast. <laughs> I was making love to the daughter that you gave birth to. <laughs> to sum it up, the police chief said there was no advantage for them to report this, which I, I can't disagree with. That's true. Yeah. He believed it enough to send two police patrols down that very night, Merrill Lindsay and Jimmy Nash. The officers got to the scene of the crime. Well, the real crime, obviously, was the kids getting frisky in the car, but the scene of the sighting. For sure. To their amazement, they quickly came across tracks in the bank of the river, 10 to 12 inches long, about three inches wide. Hmm. Jimmy bent down to see them closer. They pressed right into the mud as if something real heavy had made them. Then... Scream came from the woods nearby. Jimmy was so scared and shocked that he ran off and dropped his revolver in the mud. Oh my god. When the two cops got back to base, they must have looked pale. Jimmy said, quote, It was the most incredible shriek I've ever heard. It was in those bushes. It was no bobcat, no screech owl. We- <laughs> There's no such thing as a screech owl. <laughs> Should we find out? we got to put that to rest, right? Screech owl. Okay, apparently it is a thing. Should we hear what it sounds like? Yeah, I cannot not hear what it sounds like. That's a a screech owl? Uh, That's a bit more realistic. That's closer. It wasn't a kitten. We hightailed it out of there. And what I love about this story is they didn't waste any time following up every time there was an encounter. The same damn night, they get two more officers out there. Four total there as backup. Jimmy shows the gang the footprints. They're all bending on to look at them. One of the crew says, let me go grab a camera from the squad car, get some photos of this Bring evidence. It. As the other three examine these footsteps closer and closer, the officers run as fast as they can. They run to safety, into their car. These are very... Scared police officers. I yeah, feel I'm like. kind of getting that. There's vibe. not not a lot is happening so far for them to be. They're getting startled by screech owls. A, a guy dropped his gun in, into the mud. They looked out into the night from the car. What's making that noise? Eventually, they summed up the courage to head out again. But that was it. There was no more sights, no more signs, until a couple of days later. It's the evening time at Big Muddy River. Which, by the way, is the actual name of this river. Okay, this you river didn't just forget all... to research the name and... Oh, of course not. No, no. This river is almost 100% mud. <laughs> In a nearby backyard, little five-year-old Christian Barrel's playing. Ca- <laughs> That's not yes. a name. 
little 12 year old Christian double barrels in the in the backyard. And his buddy. Papa Six Caliber. Double barrel. Imagine introducing yourself and it's like, the name's Barrel. 12 gauge double barrel. <laughs> is, is that a double barrel last name? Oh no. <laughs> what was the other manly name that we made up on this podcast? Lex Shotgun Blast. Lex Shotgun Blast. They would be brothers. Lex Shotgun Blast and 12 gauge double barrel. Brothers in arms. Yeah, you know they don't talk though. Like they have been estranged maybe their entire life. And then oh, yeah. maybe towards the end of this movie, they like are pitted against each other as hitmen or something like that. And they have to kill each other. It gets that moment where they're, they're both so good. They almost assassinate each other at the exact right. same time. It's like they, they both pull their weapons and shoot, but they're so identical brothers <laughs> that their bullets actually meet in midair. And they the both top. get thrown back against the wall. <laughs> Dragon Ball Z style. This could be like a full-on movie. Wow. Like, if it's... uh, Let's think of a really cool name for it. uh, Okay. At the start. Um, uh, Twinsies. Uh, (laughs) It's a little amateurish. um, If we could do like a more manly spin on it. Maybe not the E's. Let's get rid of the E's. Uh, What's the most manly thing in the world? Uh, A penis. Let's call it... Very on the nose, but fine. Let's call it... There's no way anywhere, anyone or anywhere will screen that. Sounds manly though, doesn't it? Think yeah, about it in, in cinemas right yeah. now. I mean, there's no point even talking about it because I can't put it in this podcast. Okay, so. fair enough. It is manly though. I'll give manly you that. as shit. You could go to jail for that. <laughs> That's right. Little five-year-old Christian barrels playing in the backyard, catching bugs in a jar. When he looks around to see something just moving out of the corner of his eye. That jar hits the ground instantly. Bugs everywhere. Bugs in his eyes. <laughs> he runs inside. Dan! Dan! There's a ghost outside! Now, of course, Christian's dumbass dad didn't believe a word. He's five, for Christ's sake. But he would soon eat his words when it turned out his neighbors saw something that night, too. Neighbors, Cheryl and Randy, that's right, a different Randy. Oh my god. Were chilling on their porch when they heard a rustling in the bushes. Randy walked on towards the bushes very slowly until he stopped. And without breaking eye contact with the bushes, he said to Cheryl, Come here. They saw a white monster staring back at them. Quote, the thing I remember was the bulk of it, the shape, the human form, and the stench of the river slime it apparently had on it. It was about eight feet tall, and at least as stocky as any football player. We were within 15 feet of it, close enough to see the body, the texture of the fur long and hairy like an English sheepdog. And Cheryl said, It was real tall, hairy, I think it was white, but it was dirty, matted, it had a real bad odor, it was really rank. I never smelled anything like it. It seemed like an eternity we stood there. And then it turned around and walked off into the woods. We could hear it trampling through the woods. The beast didn't hang about for long before it scurried off. But not before the gang could call the police to notify them. Before long, a cop and a canine were on the scene, sniffing around. Jerry Nellis and his German Shepherd, Reb. They found some black slime that Reb, the absolute veteran dog that he was, picked up instantly. He started off through the woods, the officer struggling to keep up. But when they reached a barn, the dog 
got super scared super fast. It refused to go any further. The police were too scared to go inside too because they thought, we got this thing cornered. It's eight foot tall. It's it's bigger than a football player. It's a beast. It's bigger also, than if, a gorilla. If Reb, the legendary police dog, doesn't want anything to do with it, yeah, better back the F Reb off. Reb is probably like shotgun blast dog. Yeah, I heard he once rescued 14 children from a burning school. Yeah. Like, by the neck, just grabbed him and chucked him out a window. Yeah, like, chucked him out the window, then he quickly ran down, like, eight flights of stairs, then caught them at the other side. He was playing fetch with himself. It It was was insane. It's a bit weird when he threw them back into the building. Yeah, he got a little carried away. He was just having fun at that point. Yeah. Makes a cooler story, though, to ignore that bit. Yeah. But by the time the police backup came with machine guns or whatever it was they wanted to get, the trail was cold. They, they thought that maybe the beast had snuck out the back or something like that. Now, after these sightings, there were a couple more eyewitness reports. One at a local carnival, for example, to the point where the locals were demanding that an expert be brought in to hunt this bastard down. But I'm not going to get your hopes up. The guy came in with a stun gun, a shotgun, bananas and chocolate, to quote pacify the beast with okay but he didn't get anything obviously right this beast you don't get that big by eating bananas or chocolate yeah I'll tell you that right now you eat that from protein shakes that's right it sounds like half of it was to pacify the beast and the other half was snacks also he brought a stun gun and a shotgun so kind of mixed intentions there yeah like he would just <laughs> put the barrel against the back of its head blast it off and then just tase the body <laughs> It's like, I think sure. you did that in the wrong order. I don't know if he's a zombie where we have to destroy the head. <laughs> and when the sightings eventually died down altogether, the local police chief, Berger, said, quote, A lot of things in life are unexplained, and this is another one. We don't know what the creature is, but we do believe what those people saw was real. Okay. I mean, it was all documented in police reports, but we do have newspaper clippings. This was quite popular in the Illinois area, around the, the Big Muddy River area. Now, we haven't used the B word yet, but this headline reads, Close Encounter with Bigfoot. Uh, for obvious reasons, this drew parallels with the Bigfoot case. Ah, okay. I was going to ask if this cryptid has a name, but I believe... Is that what... Uh, well, I'm to understand this is a another Bigfoot claim. I don't know. I think that's something we've got to talk about. In the body of this text, they call him the Big Muddy Monster. Okay. And I think, you know, people know it as a Muddy River Monster, Big Muddy River Monster. Right, rather than Bigfoot. There's like an artist's interpretation okay. of the infamous Big Muddy Monster. Uh, and the headline reads, The legend of the Big Muddy Monster is alive and well in Murfreesboro. I mean, it's all surprisingly well documented for a case that old. What are your immediate thoughts about this case? Uh, It's very interesting. I'm always a little skeptical when we have a paranormal creature that has been seen uh, all across a town by people who sound like they got their names from a internet name generator. (laughs) (laughs) There's like four Randys in it. That is three too many Randys to have in a paranormal investigation. There are two Randys, sir. (laughs) I feel like if I was, yeah, even two hours into the case and like... I'm really digging it. It's like, so they brought this to police chief Randy. And I'm like, that's the third Randy. I got to scrap the whole thing. That's way too many Randys. Did I Randys. mention there's only three people in this town? <laughs> the fucking monster, <laughs> Randy and Randy. <laughs> and the monster got there first. 
Randy's a blow-in. But you know what? Uh, what I do look out for in these paranormal cases is when we have police officers, That's men right. and women of the law. People trained highly. You know, trusted enough to carry a gun, which is, is you know, <laughs> The ultimate years. mark of respect. That's right. Um, so it is interesting when you get those guys claiming that they absolutely saw and heard something. Now, the problem with this is it's one thing, like the mayor said, that he absolutely believes that they saw something. That's kind of a sneaky way of being like, I totally agree with you guys. And also being like, <laughs> you saw a bird. You know, it's, it, yeah. it was very nonspecific. I, I believe that you believe what you saw. Exactly. I believe that you're crazy and you believe what you saw. That's a, that's a good mayor right there. <laughs> it's kind of like, oh, mayor, are you going to lower the taxes? I will. I, you know what? In the next year, I will definitely be thinking about that a lot moving forward. Well, he sure seems like a swell guy. You got my vote. <laughs> but he, he's saying nothing, really. Right. Uh, I hear what you're saying. And that is an interesting distinction to make because whilst the police were involved, whilst the police fled the scene of the crime at least twice, they didn't see the beast. Yeah. They heard the beast. They saw the beast tracks and they took police reports about the beast. They did not see them. Yeah, the, the most detailed description we have are from the neighbors who seem to be local hicks. Wow. Yep, I'm throwing that out there. Wow. That's I, pretty judgmental. You know, there wasn't a lot Does of description that like of their a character. Hick to you, sir? Wow. <laughs> this man is floating in an inflatable tub in his garden with Bud Light cans surrounding him. That is him. Foster's, I'll have you know. The drink of champions. That's literally Budweiser. Well, I think that's a pretty judgmental leap to make. And his beer hat is filled with wine. So watch your mouth. He's actually a connoisseur. It's filled with peanut noir. <laughs> the crunchiest wine on the market. <laughs> the saltiest. Honey roasted peanut noir. Yeah, it's definitely suspect that the police didn't see the beast. However, we do have a couple of different eyewitness testimonies made within a very short period of time of each other we're talking a day two days something like that okay between the initial sighting with randy randy and the second sighting with randy but they both describe something extremely similar which is quite trustworthy if they're both describing an eight foot tall white beast covered in mud independent parties yeah that is important and we're not talking about something that's like spread out over three months this happened very very quickly it's not being hyped up too much which is what would happen if a paranormal cryptid wandered into the middle of a small town you would have several days of terror and then he'd probably leave that's right and you'd never hear of him again so this story does have some of the hallmarks of a realistic paranormal cryptid encounter it's true it still leaves the problem if this is true if they did see what they saw if this truly is an undiscovered beast what is it and does it have any relation to bigfoot that's a good question. I mean, are there even relations to Bigfoot? I guess there must be, right? He didn't pop out mm. of a space egg. Who said he didn't, brother? I think Bigfoot hunters would tell you that there is so many Bigfoot sightings all over the United States, not to mention worldwide, that whilst maybe the Pacific Northwest Bigfoot is kind of the most famous, right. there are other Bigfoot. And I saw people talking in forums and stuff saying oh, this is classic Midwest Bigfoot behavior because whilst the Bigfoots in other parts of the country are more aggressive, right. these sightings that are made in the Midwest or East Coast, the Bigfoots tend to run away when when scared. 
Um, so that's quite interesting that people go into that level of detail with characterizing the, I did the not know of the beasts. That localized Bigfoots had different personalities. That's very um, interesting. So, yeah, Where some, does ghost Bigfoot live? Alternate dimension or something. Wow. I have to say a thank you to the person who actually submitted this story, Mr. Daniel Mudson Hudson. Mudson Hudson! Who we shouted out last week or the week before. That's right. He said he was so inspired by his uh, shout out in the podcast where we said he was a, a mud boy of sorts, that he discovered... Raised by the mud. That he discovered... Baked in the sun. The, this big, muddy river beast. He said, quote, My assumption is that Bigfoot must have a cousin that, much like myself, was abandoned and therefore was raised by the mud, turning him into a mud monster. Ah, very interesting hypothesis. False, but interesting. Right. Could be. People always wonder where Bigfoot's hiding. It the could mud? be mud. You think it's the mud? It really could be. This river is almost a hundred percent mud. Can he breathe in the mud? No, but he keeps his the mud keeps him cool because it's the Midwest and it's hot. And then he keeps his head above the mud. <laughs> right. So if you're walking in the forest, keep an eye out for the decapitated head of Bigfoot poking out of a mud puddle. That's right. There you, you heard it you heard it right here, folks, on this paranormal life. You might be getting the sense that we don't have any more evidence, and you would kind of be correct if we're to start making conclusions about whether this particular case gives us enough proof, gives us enough to believe in the existence of a big muddy river monster. A big muddy randy beast. Big randy muddy boy. <laughs> big muddy randy savage. <laughs> Do we have enough to believe in the mud monster? You know, when it comes to tales investigating cryptids you always come across the same baseline of evidence okay you got your sightings because without your sightings there is no case right you got your footprints mm -hmm. these are all the common ones footprints maybe some uh trails broken branches uh mm. splashes and puddles and waters and things like that those are your kind of baseline uh, sightings. Then we reach level two. Level two is a little bit more harder because what we need here is actual sightings of the creature from trustworthy witnesses. Mm -hmm. Level three is uh, screw photographs of the beast. Level three is his head. Okay. Is his decapitated Physical head in a, a burlap sack well, on we, my lap. We, <laughs> why your lap? Well, this escalated so quickly also. And that's when you, that's when you earn your head. yes. That's when you earn your yes, when wow. I got my hand up his spinal cord and I'm using him like a goddamn sock puppet. So we've had so many yeses where you didn't require that. Not cryptids, not cryptid episodes. I think we said the Loch Ness Monster was real. Uh, did we? I can't remember. We've said some crazy things. Are real. We said vampires are real. <laughs> Atlantis was real. Yeah. I mean, actually now even saying it, of course they were. Don't doubt us on those. Yeah. Because no, we do not. Totally one thing we real. don't do at the paranormal commune is backtrack. No. So make a decision. No, we will stick, with, stick with any decision, no matter how bad or misinformed. We will roll with it forever. Stand our ground in the mud as we sink down breathless. So you know what? I don't even need level three yet. What I do need is level two. I need some photographs, any kind of evidence uh, that proves that this beast does in fact exist. You know, we have to set a bar for evidence. Extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence to support them. 
what we've maybe seen with this case is just not enough of that primary source evidence. We've got a couple decent corroborating sources, yeah, attesting to the size and the scale of that thing. But yes, this story maybe wasn't famous already around uh, Illinois, but maybe the legend of the Bigfoot had already played into the psyche of the local people and they were already expecting this. Right. You know, we know there's shrieking aisles out there. You know, there's things making signs. How do we know that that being the primary indicator of the mud beast isn't just some other animal? Exactly. In court, you are innocent until proven guilty. And on this paranormal life, you are non-existent until you are proven to exist. That too. Yeah. Muddy. Right. Because if he doesn't exist, there's no mud. Well, there's a lot of mud, I'll tell you. Right, right in Mudsville, Mud River. Yeah. In the middle of Mudtown, USA. Yeah, probably. Which is why on this episode of This Paranormal Life, with the case of the mud monster of... (laughs) The fact that you don't know the name of the beast at the conclusion of the episode (laughs) is an indicator that he does not exist. rare he is. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, everyone knows Bigfoot, but not the obscure f***ing mud boy of Randytown. The mud monster of Murfreesboro, Sorry. Illinois. Okay. <laughs> Can I just assume it's a double no? Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Right. Unfortunately for me. I love the story, though. Good story. Thank you to Daniel Mudson Hudson for sending that one in. Truly a doozy uh, and unbelievably true to name that he found a beast raised by the mud just like him. If you have your own sightings or experiences with the Randy Muddy Monster... Do you send them into this muddy Randy Life podcast? I'm sorry, this paranormal life podcast at gmail.com. At randy.com. At randy.mud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. And if you did, and you enjoyed last week's episode too, and the week before that, come to think of it. All right, calm me. down. And the week before All right, okay. <laughs> we can't keep going back. We literally said we don't backtrack. That was one of the main points we made earlier. Sorry, bro. You may be the kind of person that might be interested in more episodes. What if I told you that we actually produce more than an episode a week? That's right. We create bonus episodes exclusively for our patrons on patreon.com forward slash this paranormal life. From two bucks a month, you can get a shout out right here on the podcast bonus episodes every month t-shirts for fast pass access into the this paranormal life commune do you want to know if the u.s military fought a biblical giant in afghanistan you can find that out by listening to the bonus episodes we have at the paranormal patreon this is very much a too hot for tv situation folks oh yeah itunes censors a lot there's a lot of stuff we can't talk about a lot of illegal things patreon are not picky they will take the darkest most demonic distasteful shit yeah they will allow us to host it on their platform god bless them and you can listen to that every month on this paranormal life patreon but we understand that you know some people out there um enjoy the show maybe don't want to part with cash uh, right this second to support the show if you haven't done before please feel free to rate and review us on iTunes. Helps us enormously um, so we can keep bringing you bigger and better things this year. Every week, we like to shout out those patrons who are supporting us on Patreon right here on the podcast. So a special thank you to Will Gibson. Which Will is it, though? The red Will or the blue Will? Because there's only one I want. 
on this podcast. The what, the one, the whatever the one it is that makes the mirror go down his throat. The gypsum. The gypsum. <laughs> so it better be him. And if it is, thank you for your contribution. Yeah, I mean, in his Patreon pick here, he's wearing a massive trench coat. So we can only assume it's that he, him. he took the right one. Yeah, It's him for sure. Thank you also to Colin Fleming. Colin Fleming, who follows us like a lemming. That's right. He is one of our most devout followers of all time. You know when people say, uh, oh, your friend, if your friend Michael jumped off a bridge, like, would you do it? Mm-hmm. Colin Fleming will follow this commune to, to the gates of hell. Which is its inevitable destination. <laughs> you know how there's like the heaven, wait, heaven's gate, angel's gate? What was that heaven's horrible cult? cult? We're yeah. not a cult. So let's, Obvi- so let's be careful about the comparison. Right, yeah, but we'll be the, the hell's hell. gate commune peaceful and serene end i want to make more jokes but i don't want to get dark (laughs) yeah i probably shouldn't do that so thank you so much colin thank you also to barely offensive podcast barely offensive that's that's admirable i don't know how they because we cut a lot of our stuff in the edit Mm -hmm. i mean even then we're a fairly offensive podcast nice dude uh so fair play to these guys for keeping it barely offensive yeah because whenever you're talking about the truth Things get pretty offensive pretty fast. So thanks, guys. Thank you also to John Richardson. John the Rich Herder of Sons. That's right. He is a wealthy, wealthy shepherd that steals children in the night. Wow. That took a weird turn, didn't it? Richard, I don't approve of what you you do, but somehow you make money, and that ends up in our (laughs) pocket. That ends up in our pockets, so you... You be that shepherd. You do that thing, and we will accept your charitable donations. So. Uh, you're a you're a cruel and unusual bastard, John. But um, you get the job done, and we are always grateful for your support. So so thanks for tuning in. Thank you also to Morgan McFetrich. Morgan McFetrich. That's pretty cool, Morgan. Because I'm more like Kit McSkinny and Purr. <laughs> Sounds like you got a lot going on over in your court. Uh, so we appreciate someone with all your worldly successes, uh, you know, taking a little time out of your day to, to support us folks over here. Couldn't do it without you, Morgan. Thank you. Thank you also to Ray. A, a beam of sunlight in my life. Wow. Or is their second name Gun? Oh. Oh. Oh, oh no. Pew, pew, pew. Oh, Ray, Why? <laughs> He had some kind of invisibility cloak on just now and popped out. Oh, it turns out it actually us. it was just sunshine. Oh, we just haven't seen it in a while. We've been indoors for a really long time. Wow. Yeah. Thanks, Ray. Thank you also to Ben Harowitz. Ben, you better hire wits about you. Because you're going to need it. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Ben, for your contribution. We appreciate immensely. At least you're not Ben Harrow-dumb. Which I assume is your brother. Oh, shit. Try to get on his good side. Nice. Razzing him. Razzing him. Thank you, lastly, but not leastly, to Rachel Wood. It's actually interesting how Rachel got her name. It's a bit like, you know, like Game of Thrones, like Jon Snow. You know, he's like a bastard, so he, he gets called Jon Snow. Rachel's just made of wood. So it's like she didn't have 
a last name. She's just a, a wooden doll. Pinocchio style, made into a real person, but needed a last name to get on the world, open a bank account, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So took on just wood, just very literal. Yeah, she was like, f*** it, when life gives you lemons, I'm Rachel Wood. <laughs> Slaps like, you across the face with a plank <laughs> with a two by four. Knocks you out. It was supposed to be a friendly tap. Puddle of blood slowly <laughs> spreading across the floor. Now Rachel Wood is a wanted woman. Wanted woodman. <laughs> Oh, Christ. It sounds like you've got a tough deal going on over there, Rachel. But, you know, we respect your, your love of life uh, that you just you just keep on trucking. Yeah. So thanks for flicking a couple pieces of bark in the, the, the bucket of the paranormal peasants. What an episode. That was, that, was, that was fun. I had a blast. Thanks for joining us, everyone. I hope you had a good time, too. Jeez. So thanks to everyone we shouted out thus far. To everyone that you haven't heard your shout out yet, that's probably because it's on its way. Uh, We still have a bunch of people to get to, so thanks so much for being patient. If you think you should have been shouted out a long time ago, it it can happen that some slip through the net. So do just remind us and we'll get right on it. But otherwise, we will see you next week for a brand new paranormal tale. And remember, Rachel Wood, to live fast, investigate and plank it.